Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Therapy Chat Podcast, episode 413. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. And today, for this last episode of 2023, I'm reflecting on the events of the year and setting intentions for 2024. Come along with me as we review the year. I'm sharing some personal stories on this episode, which, if you're watching on video, you know it's just me. You may be used to most Therapy Chat episodes being interview based, but today it's just me talking to you. As I record this episode, which I intend to release on September 29th in both video and audio formats, today is December 21st, the winter solstice in the Northern Hemisphere, which is where I'm located. In 2023, I've spent more time than ever before, at least as an adult, in quiet contemplation and connection with nature. I've sorely needed this connection to survive this year, and it was needed long before this year. Mother Earth has held me through fear, pain, grief, loss, as well as love, hope, curiosity, adventure, exploration, wonder, awe, and community. I'm grateful for my reconnection with Mother Earth and working to keep my connection to nature in focus going forward. The winter solstice is the shortest day and longest night of the year in the Northern Hemisphere, And while many of us dread the long darkness of winter, it's a time when we're moving toward longer days again. So we're moving toward the time where there's more light. Just like in life, we can't have light without darkness or darkness without light. Yin and yang. I love the symbols of winter, the slower pace, hibernating, dormancy, waiting, 
nesting. I love seeing the twisted branches of the trees, which are harder to see when they're covered in colorful leaves. What are some of the symbols that you find meaningful in this time? There's so much darkness in our world, so much violence, hate, oppression, corruption, injustice. It can be hard to bear. When we're in darkness, it can be really hard to believe there's any light at all anywhere. It's like looking at a garden where seeds are planted. You can't see the seeds, and you don't know what they're doing under the earth. But as winter brings us closer to spring, the seeds are doing their thing underground, and when they're ready, they will develop the strength and resilience to push through the hard-packed dirt and poke out of the ground to reach sunlight so they can continue to grow. It feels good to me to think about this as I reflect upon an incredibly challenging year that I really wasn't sure I was going to live through. This end of year, I'm looking forward to some quiet time, focusing inward, and on cultivating my connections with close family and friends and with myself. I crave the time and space to nurture my creative desires. I'm enjoying tea, warm fires, cozy blankets, cuddles with my dogs. I did not make this mug. My teacher did. If you've seen some of what I make, you know that uh, I can't do that yet. (laughs) But it will happen. I really want to get back into pottery when I have time and space again. You wouldn't think a 50-pound lab would be a lap dog, but my puppy loves to cuddle with me after dinner every night, and it feels so good to feel the weight of her soft, warm body on me. We co-regulate like this daily, and I just love it. It's amazing how full our days can be. In fact, because of the puppy, I don't work as much at night because I can't have the computer on my lap when she's there, and that's a good thing. I had some fantasies about how I was going to get caught up on everything, so to speak, during my time away from work at the end of this year. But since I'm running three businesses, there are a lot of things to do. What time I have away from work will mostly be spent traveling to visit people I love who live out of state and celebrating the holidays with my husband, my children, and our closest friends. So I'll have to be very choosy about what I devote my time to catching up on. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I realize that half the stuff I tell myself I should be doing is not really necessary. If it doesn't get done, nobody's going to die. It just means I'll send one less email or whatever. Last month, it meant I never sent out an email newsletter. I usually do try to do that once a month, but in November, I just didn't send one. So I'm reevaluating my boundaries around how I spend my time. It's a constant practice of reevaluating. You know, I love communicating with my community, those of you who listen to the podcast, those who subscribe to the email list those who follow on social media. I know that people find the email newsletters valuable because I usually share a lot of resources and then people tend to use them. So that's how I know that they're valuable. But at the same time, they it takes me hours to write them. And those are hours that I could be spending tending to my own needs. So it's a balance. And that's something that Um, I, I'd like to spend my time on maybe something else has to give so that I can, I can get back to more regularly sending out those emails. But there are so many things I'm excited about for 2024. I have a lot of ideas and plans. 
I'm trying to be really intentional about how I schedule my time because there's so many things just in January and February that I'm planning on doing. I feel a little bit overwhelmed when I think about it. Both months are almost full with appointments, meetings, podcast interviews, conferences, trainings, and more of that. But without rushing forward, I'm taking some time and space right now to look back to life flies by so quickly. The last year has been a blur and I often forget to look back and savor the experiences before I'm off doing something else. I want to be mindfully present in my life. Have you ever felt that? It's how things roll in Western culture, but it's not good for us. We all know that being mindful and intentional in how we choose to spend our time, how we focus inward is really needed. This year, it's felt like I was moving very quickly at some points. And at other times, I felt lost and stuck. So some of the things I'm going to share about on this episode, you know, have been going on, but I haven't really talked about them this way. Um, sometimes I'm telling the guest, but I haven't talked to you and told you <laughs> what's been going on. There have been many days, weeks, and months over the past year. I really wasn't sure how I was going to keep going. Not just with podcasting, but like myself. I didn't know how I was going to keep going. And I'm not saying that I'm, I felt like I wanted to end my life or wanted my life to end. No, not at all. It wasn't that. I wanted to live and I want to live now. Yet I was struggling to get through many moments. I was suffering a lot. And I was really wondering how long was I going to be able to maintain, keep going. In 2023, my group practice was in transition. Several long-term employees had moved on and I wasn't seeing therapy clients. So I lost my primary source of income. And if you listen to my podcast for a while, you've heard about Trauma Therapist Network. That's a passion project. It's nourished my soul beyond what I can describe in words, but it's still a baby. It's in its infancy and it requires a full-time employee. So the revenue that it brings in goes toward the costs of running it. It's not providing me an income, but I do it because I believe that it's needed. I know that it's needed that therapists, trauma therapists have a space held for them, for us, where we can heal together, learn together, grow together, connect, feel together. And I deeply believe that people who are looking for trauma therapy need a place to search for a therapist where they can really understand what that person does, how they work, why they might be a good fit. So I feel like Trauma Therapist Network is needed. It's important. And I, I'm not giving that up. And Therapy Chat, this podcast, which I love creating. I'm driven to keep creating. It provides some income through sponsors. And I am so deeply grateful for them. In fact, shout out to Therapy Notes, in particular for being my steadfast sponsor for years. 
I still love therapy notes. I still use therapy notes in my practice. By the way, if you didn't hear, they rolled out a new feature. I just learned about it today. I think it just came out today that people have been asking for for a long time, which is fillable forms through the portal. So if you're a therapist, get your two months free using promo code chat when you try therapy notes, if you haven't already started using it, because everyone who uses therapy notes loves it. They don't pay me to say that. I believe that. Well, technically they do pay me to say that, but this, these are my own thoughts. The link's in the show notes if you want to get that discount or that special offer. I also want to mention Red Circle. Um, I'll talk more about it, but they've connected me with additional sponsors since I switched to using their platform in April 2023. And without them, again, they've given me hope, support, and money through sponsors, through finding sponsors for me when I did not have the time and energy to, or the belief in myself, to be honest, to go seeking sponsors. I was too too beaten down this year to be able to feel like, hey, don't you want to support this podcast? Don't you want to advertise on this podcast? It's so great. When, you know, my um, self-worth was feeling about this big, tiny. I know when you listen to a podcast, the ads interrupt the experience a bit. And I really appreciate you bearing with Therapy Chat as we have added new sponsors. Those ads are allowing me to keep this show going. So I'm, I'm grateful to you for sticking it out. The past year has been so hard for me personally. Many times in my own therapy sessions with my therapist, I've used the metaphor that I felt like I was being squeezed on all sides, like the scene in the first Star Wars film where the heroes are trapped in a garbage compactor, if you've ever seen that. I have also frequently said in therapy, I felt like a character in an adventure film who's in a dungeon or a cell, the only exit is a massive door, which is lowering quickly, preventing them from escaping unless they can roll out before it closes. And I felt like I was constantly just trying to get to that door before it slammed shut and it would all be over. So some of what was actually going on with me, why I was struggling so much in the past year, in January 2023, I moved my practice out of the office building where it had been for its whole nearly 10 years at that time of its life. That shouldn't be such a big deal, but my practice, which is Laura Reagan LCSWC Psychotherapy Services, LLC, began its life in a sublet suite downstairs in that building. And for three years we were there and then we moved, we was just me. And then I moved upstairs to suite 220 where my practice became a group practice with two associates joining me in 2017. And we were there for, actually it was 2016. We were there for three years and then moved into suite 217, where I had so many hopes and dreams for what was going to happen there. We moved in in June 2019. It was a four office suite with a large waiting room, a workroom for therapists to um, do paperwork and, and just chat with each other in between sessions. And we had a kitchenette, 
so we could eat food. We were changing the name to the Baltimore Annapolis Center for Integrative Healing, which we call BA Healing. And our staff was growing. We were going to host two interns for the first time that fall. We had a team of five therapists in addition to myself. We were proudly serving our community, helping children, teens, and adults heal from attachment wounds and trauma. In August of 2019, so this is this is a little history for you. In August of 2019, as we were settling into our new office home then, hiring staff, preparing to welcome the interns, one of my parents had a major health issue, a health crisis. It nearly caused my parent to die, and they were in the hospital for nearly two months. And this just sent me into a spiral. My childhood trauma and attachment wounds blew open. I felt like I had no ground beneath my feet. I hope you've never felt that way. It's not fun. It's literally like I felt like I was spiraling through space and there was no place to, no firm ground. Also felt like chicken little, the sky is falling, but it's like, cute when you say it like that, but it was not a cute feeling. But as we do, I kept going, pushing through. I have some really strong manager parts, thank goodness. Not that I wasn't feeling the pain, but I had a lot of responsibilities to deal with and I was determined not to let anybody down. I wanted, demanded of myself that I fulfill my obligations and responsibilities and I had hopes and dreams. I did not want to give up. So the next year, early 2020, just as I was beginning to recover from that and my parent seemingly had a miraculous recovery, I was able to begin to believe that they weren't dying. Then, of course, we all know in March 2020, the start of the COVID-19 pandemic caused everything to shut down. We went to remote therapy in my practice. Once again, I literally had that exact same feeling that the that I was spiraling through space and there was no ground under my feet, I now realize that that's a, I think it's like an attachment reaction, actually. Not a good feeling. So everything shut down. We were fully remote. um, And we stayed fully, fully remote in my practice for two and a half more years. Even, you know, a lot of people went back, but we didn't go back. I was, I was worried about my health and my client's health and everyone's safety. And I wanted to be sure that we didn't put our clients in harm's way just to come and do therapy that was supposed to be helping them. So that was what was in my head. But I still had to pay rent. We couldn't terminate the lease. Um, I wish we could have, but we couldn't. And so when, you know, fast forward to 2022, last year, I had to double check in my mind. Yes, last year, several of my team members had moved on and I still had two associates working with me, no interns. So we went from a team of eight to three and I wasn't seeing clients, but they had started as of the end of the year, they had started back in the office providing in-person sessions because they were doing child therapy and it just wasn't working to do play therapy remotely. So despite my occasional efforts to try not to be human because of my 
excellent parentified child skills. As team members left, revenue wasn't meeting our overhead costs. I was personally floundering. I was trying. I was trying to keep going, but I was struggling. And the emotional toll of so much grief and loss was really preventing me from functioning at my best. I fought against reality as long as I could, attempting everything I could think of to make it work. And I finally had to surrender to the reality that even though this was not what I wanted, it was not what anyone wanted, we weren't going to be able to keep our office space. So after three years, in January 2023, we had to move out of that space. It was three and a half years. It felt horrible. It felt like the death of a dream to me. I felt like it was a major failure. I mean, I could barely look in the mirror. I was so devastated. And I felt totally responsible for this, this personal failure. It was very unfair to me for me to fully blame myself as if there were no other external factors involved. Because before the pandemic, our practice was doing great. It was growing. Things were really looking positive. And then when my parent nearly died, that, that really set me back. So there were factors, and that was one of them, that prevented me to from, you know, operating at my best because I am human, just like we all are. Of course, the effects of the pandemic was happening in the background. The political violence in the U.S. was so intense and pretty devastating, pretty hard to witness. And that was out of my control. My attachment and trauma reaction wasn't within my control. I couldn't stop it. I was doing what I could. I was going to therapy. I was doing my best to take care of myself. At the same time, I was terrified of having a sudden health crisis arise like had happened to both of my parents during this period. Um, I didn't even mention in 2022 that my other parent had a stroke. So, yeah, the... The emotional weight I was carrying was very heavy. And I think the things I was doing to take care of myself and to recover probably helped me stay afloat to the extent that I was able to. I strongly considered closing down my practice. I wasn't working in it. My associates were working very part-time, about 10 hours a week. I didn't want to let it go, but I wasn't really sure how I was going to be able to maintain it when I didn't have the capacity to carry caseload myself. This was also during a time when hiring new therapists was very challenging. I did try that too. For a long time, nobody was looking for work at the time. In 2022, it was very hard to hire people. This was a time when fast food restaurants were offering hiring bonuses. You know, everywhere you looked, it was hiring bonuses. Um, offering great benefits, high salaries, no, no, you know, restrictions, a lot of um, generous, suddenly businesses were very generous in what they were offering. And that was a time when I couldn't get anybody to come work for me. Therapists everywhere were overwhelmed, exhausted, burned out, sick, 
and either leaving the field or cutting back on work due to the toll that our work takes on a good day without a pandemic. I found one person and hired her in the fall of 2022. She seemed like a perfect fit, but after working with us for only two weeks, because of circumstances she had no control over, she had to leave. And I was just so discouraged when that happened. I was bordering on hopelessness at that point. Although a tiny part of me said, well, if this person came along, there's others too. So don't give up. And that experience, mainly the, uh, I'm referring to moving out of our office suite. It had, it had a positive side too. So I guess going back to the theme of like dark and light and how you can't have darkness without light. I was fighting and fighting and fighting and trying and trying to make something happen that I could not control. And I finally had to just surrender and say, I can't do it. (laughs) I can't do it. I cannot make it happen. I can't figure this out. I've tried. And I was carrying such a heavy burden, really mostly on my own. I mean, there wasn't really anyone who could help me. You know, it's not like one of my friends or family could just come and work for me. I mean, my family and friends weren't trained therapists. It was so hard carrying all of that, trying to stay positive so I could keep doing what I did have the capacity to do to earn money, like make this podcast and run Trauma Therapist Network. But I felt so much like this is my fault. I did this to myself and I've let everyone else down. I definitely thought that too. My thoughts were I should have done something different. I should have been able to do more. I should have known better. As I think about that, I'm like, how? What could I have done? (laughs) I mean, you know, with the benefit of knowing how everything was going to play out, would I have made certain different choices? Probably, but I didn't have that. So that's how it is. That's life. You know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. There's a reason we don't know what's going to happen. Then we do the best we can with the information we have. And I can say now that I really was doing my best. I can see the obvious parallel to the shame and self-blame I carried throughout my childhood and much of my adult years, many of my adult years up to now, but not anymore. Um, except, you know, when I had this re-experiencing of trauma and attachment wounds during this experience I'm talking about. I mean, when I was younger, being mistreated, abandoned, abused in various situations, I did blame myself. I didn't even really know that I was blaming myself. It was just more like it It impacted the beliefs that I had about myself and my worth as a person, as it does for so many of us. And again, I hope this telling you this helps in some way. I was carrying this heavy secret, the secret being that I was a failure. And it was really eating me up inside. In fact, that's not an exaggeration. I could barely eat. I couldn't even think about what I wanted to eat. I was definitely suffering somatically, emotionally. It was like a soul wounding. I spent most of my time trying to pull myself out of this deep vortex of pain and shame that I was living in. And it was a, it was a battle much of the time. 
I was probably able to do about a quarter of what I normally would. The financial impact of that only added to the pressure. Inflation was rising, so everything cost more, but we had a much lower income. I felt like we were going to lose our house. It was going to be my fault. And I felt like I was going to die. I just kept worrying that I was going to die. There was this cycle I was in where I would think of my parents' health issues. I would feel helpless to do anything about it, worry about their deaths. And then I would start to worry about my death. And I would just be like afraid that I just wasn't going to be able to survive how much stress I was under. And we know that stress does kill. So it wasn't exactly, you know, unwarranted, but, oh, it was hard. So hence the uh, statements to my therapist that I felt like I was in a vise or trapped with the walls closing in. I'm not sharing this to make you feel depressed (laughs) and I hope it's not. But in hopes that if you went through something similar or if you're going through something similar now, you hear me say that things are so much better now and they can get better for you too. I'm not saying that I am going to teach you an easy three-step formula to find light in the darkness, but I think I had to go through this to come out on the other side, which is where I am now. It's not like everything's perfect by any means. But this has been a real nearly unbearable struggle that I did. I was able to bear and I am here. I'm alive and I feel good. Actually, I actually feel good more days than not now. (laughs) It's, It's amazing to think back on how I felt this time last year. Um, I remember, you know, my family and I, we celebrate Christmas and I, I remember having no interest in Christmas, just grieving so much. I also felt afraid that it was going to be my last Christmas with my parents and my partner's parents health was heavy on my mind too. I think I got through the first two and a half years of the pandemic on pretty much adrenaline and cortisol. I had to crash sometime. Nobody can can be operating at that high of a level of stress indefinitely. It's just not possible. So that isn't my fault. Excuse me. I am lucky that it wasn't more of a physical health crisis that I couldn't rebound from. It was painful. It was lonely. It seemed like it would never get better, but it is getting better, thankfully. I'm so thankful for that. I just saw an article from Sensory Motor Psychotherapy Institute entitled Appreciating Your Strengths that they shared in an email. It's a conversation between Dr. Pat Ogden and Dr. Janina Fisher, two of my favorite teachers among so many. Just the title feels resonant to what I'm describing to you today. And I can say I'm proud of my strength. In surviving not only the pain of the worst experiences of my younger years, but also surviving the past four extremely challenging years. Especially because there were so many times when I wondered how in the world it would be possible to survive so much suffering. I'll link to that article about strengths and resourcing in the show notes. I hope it'll help you or someone you know who needs that reminder. 
So I want to tell you that I decided not to close my practice. One thing I realized was that 2023 was the 10th year my practice had been in business. And if I had let it go, I wouldn't have gotten to celebrate that important milestone of 10 years in business. That's significant. I mean, the fact that we were able to keep going through the pandemic was very significant. So many practices didn't. I saw so many therapists closing their practice practices. I saw so many therapists leaving the practice of psychotherapy saying, I'm going into a different field. This isn't for me anymore. And if you listen to the podcast, you know, during that time, you heard me saying how worried I was about people leaving the field. I even saw a statistic recently that still it's something like 48% of people who graduate with a degree in the mental health professions don't work in our field. I mean, the need is there and it's not going anywhere. So I didn't close my practice. I took that glimmer of hope that I found when I hired the person who um, didn't end up working out at the end of 2022. And I said to myself, well, let's just see what happens if we try again. And I humbly reached out to someone who uh, I've known for maybe, I don't know, five years. I can't remember how long ago I met her, but someone who had an office suite where she would sublet to other therapists and she had a an office open in her suite and was very compassionate about the struggles I was having. And we moved in there, figured out how to make it work for our tiny team of my two associates, plus me, who I wasn't seeing clients. And I hated telling my team, but they had a really positive attitude about it as the wonderful people that they are. And, you know, we kind of just went into it and said, we're going to try to make this work. And then I revisited my efforts to hire new therapists. And I was fortunate in February, I hired three people and only one of them is still working with me. Unfortunately, the other two didn't work out for the same kinds of reasons of everything I just shared. No fault of theirs. No fault of mine. It's just how things were. So one of them is still working with me and is wonderful. And I hired two more people. Actually, was going to hire one more person in the summer. And I found a wonderful candidate. But then there was another really great candidate who came along. And I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fill their schedule because... We're a private pay practice and the referrals during the summer were terrible. I have a lot of thoughts about what that was about, but um, I'm not going to go into them now because it's not that interesting. But basically, I feel like the big box therapy shops that popped up over the summer were taking up all the airspace in the um, advertising with the millions and billions of dollars that they have to spend on that. So small practices like mine and so many others around 
our area were not able to reach the potential clients that would have come our way. Anyway, I ended up hiring both of those wonderful candidates. And then a third person came along who I also ended up hiring. So all of a sudden we have a team of five again and an intern. (laughs) We took on an intern in September who is wonderful. And and I think it was November last month, I started seeing clients again, too. I just took a very small handful of clients because suddenly I have capacity again. Things have turned. I believe in myself. I have the bandwidth to provide therapy to a handful of people and still do all the other things I do. And I have an amazing team now who... Almost all of their caseloads are full, which is wonderful, but it's also great that we still have some space. So if you're in our local area and you're thinking about therapy for trauma and attachment wounds, look us up. The link's in the show notes. All it was was that little tiny glimmer of hope that became a smaller, a a small, a growing, yes, a growing little light and it got bigger and it got bigger to where now I have hope. I don't feel hopeless at all. I don't feel any of those of that pain that I mentioned earlier because the when will it end feeling is relieved. It's ending. It's like I can see. So it's sort of like And this is something I've used this metaphor. I didn't make it up, but I've used this. Many clients, if they were listening, would would recognize this. It's like, I I know from myself, like, I remember times in my life that were so hard, so impossible. They just felt so impossible, like this situation. And it was like, not only did I not see a light at the end of the tunnel, it was so dark, I couldn't even know I was in a tunnel. And I didn't even believe that there was a light, you know. So I feel like from there, you know, you're in the tunnel, it's just pitch black, and you don't know where you're going, or if you're even moving. And then you start to faintly see, is there something? Is there something over there? A tiny little light? And It gets bigger and it's the opening to the tunnel. And then you keep walking towards it because you know there's something there. So that was kind of me in the late summer, in the fall, just like, okay, this is a tunnel I'm in. (laughs) I didn't just fall into a black vortex. There's a tunnel. And if I keep going, I might figure out where the light is. So that also applies to the... uh, solstice light and darkness conversation that we were having. So I wanted to also reflect a little bit on what has the good things that have happened in the past year with therapy chat. Actually, not just the good things. I wanted to go through the year and point out 
the ups and downs that happened. So I've already told you that in January, if you didn't get the picture, January 2023, thumbs down. That was not a good month. But the first episode of the year in 2023 was awesome. It was my conversation with Dr. Jamie Marich about dissociation. And that conversation really changed my perspective on dissociation. I'll never be, I'll never look at it the same way. Thanks to Jamie and their tireless advocacy for demystifying and destigmatizing dissociation and dissociative disorders. I've been very well aware of dissociation for a long time, but the way I was taught about it was kind of pathologizing. And so I recognize that there's some ways that I may have spoken about it that were kind of where my fear of what might be happening or what could happen in a therapy session may have come through based on these ways that I was taught. And what I realize now I mean, I knew it was an adaptive strategy, but it was the dissociative disorders that were more unclear. Like, you know, I have worked with clients who have DID and it was, it was good work. I mean, we did great work and, and yet the way that there was such a lack of training available in working with people who have dissociative disorders, it was like, there was a lot of fear, too, that something something really unexpected might happen that could be harmful for the client and that the therapist, me, wouldn't know how to help. So I am deeply grateful to Jamie for coming on to the podcast for their work and the book Dissociation Made Simple that Jamie was sharing about on that episode which is 364. Also during that month, in addition to moving out of my office space and um, into a new office space all in the same month, by the way, shout out to my husband too. He helped. Um, I couldn't have done it without him, especially his moral support, but also his physical support. I also used my social work skills to advocate for one of my parents to get into a program that would better meet their needs. It was a it was a lot of phone calls, it was a lot of forms, it was a lot of research, it was a lot of advocacy, it was a lot of conflict, it was a lot of confrontation. It was not fun and it wasn't easy. And it wasn't finished in January, but I did spend hours and hours every day and week working on that and feeling scared and determined and discouraged and hopeful and hopeless, exhausted, etc. We also had a bunch of other great episodes. I'm not going to go through the list of episodes one by one. I love every guest that I've had. And every conversation has been wonderful. So, but I wanted to mention Jamie and their first episode of 2023 because Jamie has lived experience with living with um, a dissociative disorder and 
my whole year changed through that conversation. In February, at the beginning of the month, you know, I didn't have much time to grieve the office transition before we were, in my personal life, we were heading back and forth out of state to visit family, um, one of my husband's family was having a procedure, was expected to be fairly routine, and they ended up being in and out of the hospital the whole month of February. Just, you know, went in, went home, wasn't resolved, went back, went home, wasn't resolved, didn't want to go in, went in, had to stay in because it was a big problem. It was a long stay. That was hard. And in the midst of that, as weird as it sounds and was, I went down to Mexico the last week of February to attend another highlight of my year, incredibly, the Leading Edge Seminars, Innovations in Psychotherapy, Cancun training that was led by Ariel Schwartz, another one of my favorite teachers, Dr. Ariel Schwartz, getting to learn from her in person, getting to meet her, talk about a light. When I was feeling so down and out, her gentle, grounded encouragement and just interest in what I was doing just went so far in giving me hope. So far. I made such a change in how I was looking at everything about what I was dealing with and my life, my work life and my life. I'm so grateful to her for that. She's one of those people who, you know, she's very grounded. She's very authentically what you see is what you get. And I'm very grateful to have gotten connected with her. And I'm grateful to Leading Edge Seminars for sponsoring the podcast and making it possible for me to have that trip. I had never been to Mexico before. I talked about it in March in an episode that came out after I got back, just how impactful, life-changing that experience was and the somatic embodiment that I came back from that trip with, I didn't realize was possible. So in the midst of all of this suffering, I had these transformative, incredible experiences. It's just, it's wild. It was very hard going to Mexico and leaving my partner while one of his parents was very ill in the hospital, but I did it in hopes, knowing that I could come home if if things took a, a bad turn, but we were hopeful that things were improving. And it seemed okay for me to, to go. I also spent almost, I spent hours almost every day, not while I was in Mexico, but aside from that time, I spent hours almost every day trying to get my parent into that program, calling, following up, finding out what I needed to do next, filling out forms, sending for information. It's I'm a social worker and I understand how to navigate these systems and processes. And it was, it was incredibly 
challenging. And and I had a really helpful person working in the program I was trying to get them into who was responsive. And, you know, the system was actually working the way it should, which isn't always the case. And yet it was incredibly difficult. So in March, I finally was informed that my loved one was going to be accepted into the program to start in April. And that was felt like something I was doing was reaping rewards, something I had accomplished something. Meanwhile, our other, one of my husband's parents was still, they came home from the hospital in March. They were slowly recovering and we were worried, but cautiously optimistic that things were getting better for them. They were looking like they were going to recover and they live out of state. So we were going back and forth. So in February and March, we went back and forth out of state a lot. It's a five hour drive each way. We don't fly because it's like expensive to fly and takes just as much time as driving between getting there, waiting, flying, etc. So that takes a toll too, you know, it's tiring and you're giving up your weekends or whatever, but I wouldn't change a thing. It's just, it was just hard. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So during that month, and still having not really done a lot of in-person things, I went to Psychotherapy Networker in, I think it was around, I think it was around the 20th or so for a few days in March. It's around the same time every year. It coincides with when the cherry blossoms usually are in bloom in D.C. and it's always a beautiful time. Speaking of which, I have a uh, discount code for you. If you are thinking about going to Psychotherapy Networker in 2024, I'll be there. I would love to meet you if you go. But last year, so look for that in the show notes, but last year, the um, experience was so amazing. I went down there. I didn't have a ticket, so I just went down there to meet up with people. And I knew that a lot of prior podcast guests were speaking. Janina Fisher, Mona Delahook, Lisa Ference. There were so many people. Oh, gosh. I'm struggling to think of all the names. But Jamie Marriage is one. And Akila Riley Richardson, Jules Taylor Shore. I don't have the list in front of me of who, who spoke last year that were prior podcast guests, but there were a lot and I did an Instagram post about it. I got a lot of pictures with, with many of them and see Stacy Steinmiller, I got to spend a lot of time with, and she was a, a guest on therapy chat in February, I believe. I got to meet Akila Riley Richardson. Thanks to Brian and Ian from the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. 
I was able to share a meal with Jamie and Akila and Jules and a, a nice group of people. It was really great. We had the best Ethiopian food. That was so exhilarating. I was on a high. I felt like so much connection, so much excitement and fun. It was so amazing. It was like a high, high, high. And then crash, I was exhausted after. I think I went, I can't remember if I went down there two days or just one day, but I think I was going to go two days, but I ended up only doing one or maybe I was going to do three, but I only did two because I just was like, I can't do this. I'm exhausted. So hopefully your nervous system is more able to tolerate all the the fun, excitement and connection than mine was last year. Mine is much more able to tolerate it now. It's probably, I thought it was just because I was the first time being around people in person, so many people, but I think now reflecting on it, it probably had a lot to do with just how much I was carrying at the time. So came back from doing that and the weekend after Psychotherapy Networker, my husband's parent who had been in the hospital and who had been in and out very suddenly passed away. So that, again, I, w- I wasn't quite spiraling through space because this is a, a loved person, but I not an attachment figure for me. You know, they weren't a central figure in my childhood. I met them as an adult. I loved them. And it was a trauma and a loss, a major loss. And for my partner, it was an attachment figure. So that was very, 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 very difficult. And you heard in therapy chat, if you listened, um, how I had no choice but to focus on grief for a while because I was so much in the thick of it. It was all I could think about. And I was learning about it in a whole new way. I was experiencing it very somatically, which was surprising to me. And I had the support of so many beloved therapist friends through that. Linda Ty and I did the three kind of experiential interviews where she sort of guided me through a process in the podcast episodes and talking about grief, talking about how, you know, she says you can't do trauma without doing grief and you can't do grief without doing trauma. And that was what we were doing as, um, and those were all video recorded, but we haven't released the videos yet. Just process of editing them. It takes longer. And so I mean, I think I don't know. I can't remember if I've released any of them. I think I've released one, but anyway, they will all be up eventually and not, not too long from now, but you know, just doing the best to stay on top of everything. In April, the funeral occurred for that loved one we lost and that wasn't until mid-month. So there was a lot of going back and forth out of town in April. In May, I went to a retreat in Escondido, San Diego with my 
coach, Carrie Nola, who I work with often and I've retreated with her so many times. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the openness that I had because of the grief and the trauma reaction I was having at the time. But um, I, I had a deeper connection with nature in that weekend than I've ever had. I was, I had a coyote walk up to me. I felt like we were communicating. It was, it was amazing. It was so meditative and I felt so connected to the earth. There were so many things that happened. I can't even explain so many connections that were made with the, the people who attended the retreat with me. It was beautiful. And I really, I was like, again, how am I going to even go do this when um, there's so much going on? There's so much I'm, I'm feeling and holding and feeling like I need to be there for my partner because it was one of his parents who was lost. In the same time frame, three therapist friends I knew lost their moms. I mean, it was just, it just seemed like loss was everywhere. All the while, I was having amazing podcast interviews with wonderful guests through, I mean, every month there were so many wonderful guests. We spent a lot of time talking about EMDR this year on Therapy Chat. I've interviewed a lot of different people about EMDR and will continue to. Another topic that we have covered a lot and will continue to cover a lot more is psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy. In June and July, I was just focusing on keeping on going, trying to recover and heal. Things were getting worse and worse financially. And I was really starting to worry that things were not going to turn around. And at the same time in late August, I was, I found out about the, the master series in Oxford conference and I was already sponsoring therapy chat had actually trauma therapist network had sponsored a conference that was in London that started on September 7th. And when I found out there was a trauma conference going on in England, just before that, I, I thought, well, I've got to make that happen too. So thanks to the Master Series, I was able to go and they sponsored us and I was able to go to that conference, which was an incredible experience of most of all the people, the people that were there. And I've talked about that. Um, it was such a great opportunity to, I got to meet a longtime therapy chat listener who I had connected with on social media in the past. And we finally got to meet in person, Jennifer Rosado. And that was lovely. I got to meet Linda Ty in person, which was beautiful to be with her. And I met a wonderful friend of hers who was doing some incredible work. I'm hoping that I'll be able to interview him in 2024 and bring him onto the podcast, tell you what he's doing. And at that conference, the one in Oxford, the Master Series, Deb Dana was there. I also saw her at Psychotherapy Network or two. Um, Peter Levine, 
Bessel van der Kolk, Stephen Porges, who else? I mean, Janina Fisher. And also I met Lou Lebens, who I did not know of, and I'm hoping I can interview her in 2024. She does Trauma Thrivers. She's based in England. And um, I just met so many wonderful people. I was so inspired by so many beautiful, incredible people and the things that they were doing. And I was, I went to England and I was there for 12 days and I didn't have my partner with me. I also didn't have my partner with me when I went to Mexico. And normally an international trip, I'm experiencing that together with my partner. And he was, you know, holding everything down at home so I could go taking care of our pets, doing his job. And I went and did these things. And um, I'm very grateful to him for his support, too, because, you know, I can imagine it would have been easy to be like, you're going to go do what when we're struggling. But these experiences were so impactful. And Also like nourishing to my system again. Oh, by the way, I forgot to say, Jamie, marriage was there at Oxford too. And we got to hang out, which was awesome. I feel like I spent time with a lot of people and I'm not remembering everyone right now. And that's the thing. That's why I wanted to reflect um, because it, it's so intense and you're there when it's happening. And then afterwards you're like, wow, what, what all just happened? So from there, so that was a, a highlight, but it had its concerning moments too. You know, it had its scary moments and it's, should I be going? And can I do this all by myself? And even like, how am I going to carry all my stuff around going from city to city and buses, trains and planes? And obviously I did, you know, and so I almost feel like that how am I going to be able to do this thing or will I be able to do it is just fear of the unknown and what I say to myself when I'm in that state. And once I'm actually in the situation, it's time, I just start doing it. You know, that's what we do. You just do what you have to do. So how am I going to navigate getting my bags through the airport and getting through the, you know, the bus and the train and the plane and everything? I just did it. (laughs) And when I needed help, I asked for help. So those experiences were incredible. Oh, and I've said it before, but I must say it was so incredible that I got to meet Pete, my editor, Pete, who makes the sound sound beautiful on this podcast. And when we release videos, not all of them, if they don't look beautiful, don't blame Pete. But if they do look beautiful, credit to Pete. It's not me. He is keeping this whole thing going. And as well as Andrew, who is my Trauma Therapist Network customer support and operations manager, and my son. And Andrew keeps Trauma Therapist Network running. I I should have said something about him before, how grateful I am for what he does, how he keeps, how he communicates with handles all of our customer service concerns. You know, when you have a monthly membership, there's a lot of changes that happen. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of 
updating things on the website and taking things down and handling transactions. And there's a lot to do. It wouldn't, if I didn't have Andrew working for me, Trauma Therapist Network wouldn't be functioning. It wouldn't be a membership because there's just no way I'd be able to keep up with that, with everything else that I have to do just to run, you know, therapy chat to deliver what's delivered in Trauma Therapist Network and to run my practice and see clients now. So I guess one of the themes of this um, episode is that we need each other. We need other people. We need connection. It's connection that has pulled me out of the struggles that I was in. It's connection that's allowed me to keep going during all of those struggles. It's the support from other people that has made me not just get in bed in December 2021 and or 2022 and just stay there because <laughs> that would have that would have seemed pretty appealing at the time. I was really hurting a lot. So shout out to Andrew. Shout out to Pete. Meeting Pete in person was unbelievable. I just was like, oh my gosh, because Pete's been producing therapy chat for more than six years and he lives in England. So we don't get to see each other. And we, we hadn't even really made a face-to-face -face connection on Zoom for some reason. I think we were just on different time zones and we were both like really busy, but being together in person, it was just like, oh my gosh, Pete is a living, breathing person. And it was amazing. It felt so good. I appreciate Pete more than, more than I can say. He's, he's the real MVP. So thank you, Pete. Thank you for being you and being awesome. As Pete listens when he edits this, he's going to be like, yeah, um, you're taking too long to get this episode to me. <laughs> but anyway, that's between me and Pete. So yeah. So then, as I said, um, Trauma Therapist Network was sponsoring a conference called the Not Your Typical Psychotherapist Conference that was led by Ernesto Segismundo, who is a therapist in the um, California and um, Nevada areas. I um, I don't know like how he's doing right now, but it turned out that the conference was filled with wonderful speakers. One of them was my guest in the last episode before this one, episode 312, Mark and Volmi was one of the speakers and he was wonderful. Every speaker was fabulous. All the sponsors, Trauma Therapist Network included, were fabulous. Um, it was all wonderful, but unfortunately, the there was stuff going on behind the scenes that if I had known about, I wouldn't have either attended or sponsored the conference. And unfortunately, as much as I hate to say this, um, I have to dis detach and disconnect from any association with Ernesto at this point because um, it has come to light, and this is what we alluded to last time, that 
um, he was not fulfilling his promises to speakers and people who were attending his, his events. Um, I didn't see anything strange at the conference in London, but I learned later that there have been many unhappy customers and many people who felt betrayed by um, his actions. And I don't, I don't have any firsthand knowledge of exactly what went on, but um, unfortunately people really felt, a lot of people felt like they were taken advantage of. And I, I hate to speak negatively about someone in our field who I'm sure deep inside really wants to do the right thing, but that was um, a very hurtful and disappointing thing to learn about. It was a betrayal for even me, and I barely knew him or was really connected with him very much. He didn't, I want to say he didn't do anything to deceive me any way that I'm aware of or not deliver something that I was expecting, but that was stated by many people involved with that conference and several others that he has run. And it's now he's, he's not really publicly available. I don't know what's going on. So as, as I am concerned for him as a human, I'm also really sad about the way that um, this has caused a major rupture in not only in the therapist community, because everyone's like, who knew? What did they know? And, you know, what's the full extent of this? And also, who can you trust? That's kind of, and that's one of the things that Markin talked about in our episode last week in our interview, um, talking about, you know, it betrays trust. And then you begin to think that, well, if I can't trust him, I can't trust them. I can't trust this person or how would I know? So that's unfortunate because we really need each other. And, you know, I, as I've said now, I've struggled a lot myself and it's hard to admit when you're over your head or you're, you can't do it. Things have gotten too bad and you can't fix it, but you have to be honest about when you need help and say, I, I can't do this. I, I'm over my head. I need help. And, um, so I'm wishing him the best, but I'm also, I want to be clear. I just feel like it's important for you to know, even though I never promoted the conference really on the podcast, because I, this is the first thing I've sponsored. And as I saw it, they were supposed to be promoting me, <laughs> Um, me slash trauma therapist network, not me directly. And so I don't know if anybody, you know, if, if many of you even knew that trauma therapist network sponsored that event, but I want to make it clear that we are not associated with him any longer. And it's, it's just a awful situation. So again, the conference was amazing. The people that were there were, the, were amazing I had an amazing experience. I loved it. And it, it also, there was 
a dark side to what was going on or a, a, a negative aspect of some of the things that were, that went on, not necessarily at the conference, but just more in behind the scenes. In October, I had a highlight of my professional life when I got to interview Dr. Stephen Porges. It's really cool. That was episode 401. And yeah, that was, that was fun. It was, it made me really proud to be able to have him as my guest and bring that, the conversation about polyvagal theory from his words to all of you who listen. I hope you liked it. If you heard it, actually, I guess that happened in September because the episode came out in September, not quite October. And my practice is back on good footing. I'm happy that we're again serving our community and that I've even had the capacity to take clients again. As I said, only a handful. I'm only going to carry a caseload of five clients because as you've heard, I have a lot of other balls that I'm juggling in the air and I want to keep them all going in my little juggling image and not drop any of them. Um, of course, you know, especially the client work, that's, that's really important work, which is why when I was more absorbed and focused on the, the health issues and the end of life concerns about my parents, I didn't have the capacity to hold space for 15 clients a week anymore. And I was still doing it, but what I was doing instead of like falling down with the clients, I was falling down with myself. I just wasn't giving myself what I needed. And that's why I, I took a break from seeing clients as hard as that was, it was the right thing to do to make sure that if I'm going to be providing services that I'm at my best. And again, I didn't really want to make that change either. I didn't have to make it. I could have kept going, but it wasn't, it wasn't going to be sustainable. I wasn't feeling like, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have, have enough for me and you have to, you have to be well to be able to serve, especially for people with complex trauma. It's, it's long-term work and it really matters that you show up. I mean, therapists, we need to take care of ourselves all the time. Of course, just like anyone in a helping profession, you give, but you have to receive too. And so I guess that's the um, final message of this episode is that you know, light, darkness, yin, yang, give, receive, expand, contract. That's the nature of our life. Our living world is expands and contracts, expands and contracts. And you can't always be expanding. You can't always be contracting and have a balanced life because it's it's both. So I'm very excited about what's ahead. Um, I'm not even going to go into all of the things that I'm thinking about doing next year here. I will put them in um, my email newsletter 
and maybe I'll share more about them as, you know, next time or as they're, as they're getting closer. Um, but I've already talked so much today, but I will tell you that, uh, next year in 2024, my intention is to get trained in psychedelic assisted psychotherapy to begin offering that in our practice. Also, I'm going to be getting trained in EMDR and training some of my team members in EMDR too, which is a wonderful expansion for us. Um, We have now out of our five team members, one of them is trained in attachment-focused EMDR, and soon two more will be trained in EMDR through the Institute for Creative Mindfulness, which is Jamie Marriage's organization, training people to use EMDR with complex trauma and dissociation counter to what we've heard in some of um, the earlier episodes that, you know, you can't use EMDR with people if they have dissociation, but Jamie's program prepares therapists to work with clients who have PTSD, complex PTSD and dissociation with EMDR. And that's great because that's our caseloads. That's who we work with is people with complex PTSD and dissociation. I would say that there's so many people with complex PTSD. Many of you also are working with people who have complex PTSD. Complex PTSD is the effect of repeated trauma. So usually developmental trauma results in complex PTSD. And developmental trauma is childhood trauma, which we know that 67 to 75% of adults have experienced adversity in childhood. And maybe everyone doesn't develop PTSD or see PTSD, but many, many do. Other things coming up in 2024. Well, I have another interview with Linda Tai to share with you. And this one is Linda teaching about psychodrama structures. My dog did that. (laughs) It doesn't look too good. Here's my muscle. Um, Psychodrama structures. And that is very interesting. I can't wait to share that one with you. We have, I have so many guests lined up and so many great interviews that I've recently done. The first episode of 2024 will be with Dr. Marielle Bouquet who is the author of the book, Break the Cycle, A Guide to Healing Intergenerational Trauma. We had a great conversation. I absolutely loved talking with her. It's a comprehensive healing guide to shedding intergenerational trauma and stepping into a legacy of abundance and peace. And her book is coming out at the same time that the episode is going to air. So you'll be able to get that if you want. And there will be a link in the show notes. Anything else? Well, I did mean to say, I mentioned Red Circle, but I meant to mention them when I talked about April. April was the month that I switched platforms to Red Circle from the one that I had been with ever since I first started Therapy Chat back in 2015. And it's been a great change. They they have 
a team of people who help me, support me and encourage me. They have great systems that are easy to work with, and they do a lot to promote the shows that are on their platform. I really appreciate Red Circle, and particularly I'll say shout out to Paige and Wally, who I communicate with very often. I would I would encourage people, and I have been encouraging people who are podcasters to take their shows to Red Circle because they really support independent podcasters. And it was a hard thing to make that change. I mean, change is not easy, especially when you're so overwhelmed. It's like you just keep doing what is familiar. That might, that might ring a bell and that's in life, not just work or podcasting. Um, you know, we resist change and just cling to what we always do because that's just what we know. And it seems like, well, I know how to do that. And I don't know how to do this other thing. So I should just not do it. But um, Red Circle made it easy for me to switch. And um, we're still in the process. There's been the only negative aspect of Red Circle, the, the switch, it's not Red Circle's fault, but the switch is that we had all the episodes, the whole catalog of you know, 300, so maybe 350, 375 episodes that had been released on the previous platform. They were all up on the Trauma Therapist Network website. And guess what? When we switched, all those links broke. So now we are still gradually working on getting all of those uploaded again with the correct links back to the website. However, the episodes are there. I mean, they're out there everywhere. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can find them. They're all on YouTube. They're also, you know, not in video format, but they're, I mean, it's a video, but there's no, it's a static image, not a interactive like this. And of course they're on, you know, Apple podcasts and the Google podcasting app and Spotify and all the places that people listen, Alexa and Amazon and iHeartRadio, Pandora, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you can always find Therapy Chat somewhere, even if the link to the episode you want to um, listen to is not updated yet on our website. We will, that will be done in 2024 for sure. So yeah, there's a lot more. Let's see that the next thing I'll tell you, cause I have to wrap this up. It's going way too long is that, um, Jamie Marich is coming to Baltimore for a free talk in Baltimore and Pikesville, or I'm sorry, Owings Mills. They're right next to each other, just outside of Baltimore. And it's January. Get the date right. I believe it's Saturday, January 20th. And I would love for you to join me for that. I'll be there. And I'm thinking about trying to put together a therapy chat meetup around that. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. If you are on my email list, you'll hear. If you're following me on social media, you'll hear about it. 
and I will try to remember to post it about it or announce it here too on the podcast, but I can't possibly remember everything I need to say um, each week. So from the bottom of my heart, whether this is your first time listening or you've been a listener from the beginning or anywhere in between, if you're a Trauma Therapist Network member or not, if you're someone I know in my community, however we're connected, I mean, if you're watching or listening, then you're listening to the podcast, so you're a listener. <laughs> but I am so grateful to you for your support, for keeping this show going, keeping me going, and I hope you keep going. I hope you remember that there's, if it feels like you're in a tunnel or a dark hole, there is a light somewhere. And if you keep going, you will find it. I know it's a really hard time of year for so many of us, especially when you're grieving or you're experiencing trauma reactions. It's a really hard time. And if you're going through a really hard time, as they say, keep going. And thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Stay tuned. I guess I'll do an announcement about some other things that are going on in 2024 next time. But until then, thank you for listening to Therapy Chat. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com.